Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I was going to come into the show today like this so that well, my my beautiful artwork behind me and my head's not in the way. <laughs> and not just your artwork. For those of you who are not um, joining us with the video component, Louise is sitting in her in her newly refurbished office in her home where she made, and I'm going to brag on your behalf, she <laughs> made that, that accent wall out of used fence. Fencing. She stained them. She did. She's my hero because I <laughs> would hire somebody to do that. This is where we're different. But before we get too far, there's a lot of ways where we're different. Um, before we get too far, welcome everyone to um, another episode of your Kick-Ass Career Weekly Wrap-Up. We are super glad that you are here live. And if you are not here live, we're super glad that you're here on the replay um, wherever you are replaying from because there are a multitude of ways to connect with them. <laughs> I am going to do my best to rein in some of this energy just before we started. I was like, I'm fired up today. So if I feel a little bigger than life, I no, I'm not going to apologize. That's just where I am. Please meet me where I am today. <laughs> I think it's, it, you know, it's fun to really kind of like grab onto something, right? And, and, and be fired up, be inspired towards, uh, oh. towards something. All of the things. That was the word I was looking for earlier. I got to make a oh, note. You're welcome. All right. So, Louise, while I'm making this note, tell me what you're celebrating. Oh, I'm celebrating November. Um, I don't know why um, I will celebrate November, but uh, but here we are. Uh, it's um, it's always an interesting time, I think, these last two months of the year. It's um, you talk about this, Kim, in your uh, newsletter and the and the stuff that you send out to uh, to your newsletter list um, about like there's still there's still time to do a lot of epic shit. And so really kind of like buckle. I don't want to say buckle down, but oh. getting connected, getting connected to that inspiration so that you can move the needle forward instead of like just saying, oh, let's, you know what? The year's just winding down. Um, right. We've got holidays. We've got all of this stuff here in Winnipeg. The weather's changed drastically. And so the seasons, right. And then we're like, arg, here we go. Um, but really kind of leaning into that idea of like, where can I find that inspiration? And this week I've had those little, like, I call them like, those are those little bubblies that come up, right? Where you kind of get, like, get excited and you pay attention to to what is bringing those bubbles to the top um, so that you can um, be inspired and, and take that to the next level. Oh, hundred percent. And, and thank you for the word inspiration. I, I came up with it this morning and it disappeared. So I, I appreciate that because that was that word I was trying to, to find for most of the day. Um, although I did find a lot of inspiration, so it's funny that I didn't have a <laughs> word for it. Um, it, I just want to add in about this whole thing about the time, right? Because we very often, it, it's the, we'll either do the slow roll to the end of the year because it's like, oh, it's just too much, or we're going to be frenetic, crazy people. I may be frenetic right now because I have a lot of energy because I'm excited. I'm an emotional high. I've had a really great day of conversations followed by a week of really fun conversations. So I am on an emotional high right now, but it's not that frenetic. Oh my God, how am I going to get everything done? I can't do it. Right. Which drives us all, all nuts. And then we don't enjoy what sometimes means being with more people 
right? Sometimes that, that, that is our joy. Like we want to be with those people. Sometimes it's the, oh, I'd really rather not be with those people, but not being, not feeling like we're in choice um, and finding where we are in choice, finding the space and the time that does exist in all of our lives that we have been conditioned to think doesn't exist. Right. So, right. It, it's, I feel like once we hit November 1st, it, it's all downhill, <laughs> no matter which way. Like, I feel like a lot of people are showing up that way in the world. To me, I'm excited. I'm like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we have like 59 days left in the year as of today. And cool. What is 2023 going to bring? And oh, by the way, it's just a flip of a page. Right. It, it, as humans, we designed time. We designed calendars. We designed clocks as a way to mark the passage of these cycles that we all go through. And so what, and we, then we ascribe meaning to them. So why do we do that? And how can we release some of that for ourselves? So my celebration is all of these fun conversations and, and having a lot of these conversations where it's getting into kind of a more existential or philosophical view of what we're doing in the world and how we're doing that and why certain things have meaning and why other things uh, we're able to not give that meaning to. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about, I, I'll be as excited in January. Well, January is our daughter's bat mitzvah. So I have a super big reason to be excited then. <laughs> so we would love to know in the comments, please share what you're celebrating so we can celebrate along with you. Um, I, Michelle, uh, over on LinkedIn, let Louise know, congratulations. <laughs> well done on your accent wall. And my dear, lovely husband, like always is joining us this time. He's actually here two floors, but three floors below me. I don't know how many, it, we have this weird split level thing, but he's down. His office is down there. So hi, honey from the basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Louise, do you remember what we're talking about this week? Oh boy, do I, because I can't wait to talk about risk and right-sizing your risk. This is something that comes up all the time in all kinds of ways and places and spaces. And um, I know, Kim, you and I wanted to bring this topic to, um, to, to the time together today because of all of the things I think that are going on kind of externally in the world. And, and how are we as business owners and entrepreneurs, as career changers and, and career development, right? Anyone who's looking to kind of take that next step in their career, we kind of, I feel anyways, that we're kind of like in this place now that we're just butting up against something that feels really big and really scary. And so today we're going to talk about like right-sizing that risk and really kind of unpacking what that even means. Yeah, I'm super excited. So um, I have a long history of dealing with risk. Um, I was a crisis management consultant for a while. I did, um, which has you right in the throes of dealing with risk all the time. As an attorney, um, particularly as a business attorney and in estate planning, right, we deal with a lot of risk and like, wh where do we, um, where are we okay with having risk as a business consultant and now as a business strategist, there's risk all over the place. There's risk when we open our eyes in the morning. And yet we, most of us, I mean, there are some people that it's like just that waking up can cause that feeling of, oh my gosh, what's the day going to bring? 
And most of us get up and go about our day. We may grumble about it and may be excited about it, whatever may happen, but we don't think about that risk as we're getting up and starting our day, as we're just kind of moving through it. When we look around us in the world today, as you said, there feels like there's so much more risk. And I'm really curious in this conversation, and again, encourage people to, to chime in in the comments as well. Um, why is it that we suddenly panic when we see things happening in the world? Why does that all of a sudden make us feel unsafe, unsure, as though we need to make some big change, buckle down, pivot, right? Well, it's like something big has to happen so we can match what's happening in the world. I'm curious, Louise, like that energy, are you aware of that energy from people? Well, and I think it's a little bit of the opposite sometimes too, is that when we see risk all around us, then we were like, I don't want to risk anything. Like mm -hmm. I hear that a lot too. It's to say like, I can't risk a career change right now um, because there are no jobs out there or the market is downturning. Our economy sucks. We're in some kind of looming recession or whatever you want to call it, fill in the blank. But things are going to be worse than they are today. And so I need to somehow mitigate that risk by changing how I'm showing up in the world or changing what I do. Yeah. And so I think it really starts with that whole like definition of risk, really. Like when we're talking about risk, we're talking about like when you see something right out in the world and the perception is that the result is going to be worse, period, right? <laughs> worse than it is today. There's going to be a, a, a bad outcome. That's risk. Right. That, that's how we do it. And, and so now we need to evaluate what that outcome is. But we often don't even know how that even impacts us or what what that even is. Right. The world is going on and it's crazy. But what is the real impact that it's going to have on me today? And I think sometimes that that why like why do we why do we panic when the world feels really risky? And I think that just comes with that uncertainty factor. Um, and when you're not comfortable with uncertainty, it can feel really, really big. So, and it's funny, because when you say those words, I'm like, but everything's uncertain. Like we are not <laughs> guaranteed of anything other than right now and what's already passed. We sure. literally have no idea what's coming next. Right. I have, I have no idea if, you know, something from the sky is going to come and fall on me right now. Right. Oh, it's not. Um, but we don't. We have no idea what's happening next. So, so like literally everything is uncertain. So where is it that we think at certain times that there is certainty that, there, that, that we get it? And where are those times where we're like, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening? Like what what's the change? Well, like I'm going to ask you, like. Like, what do you mean? Like, if there's uncertainty in everything, like you just said, mm -hmm. some uh, some things I'm more comfortable with than others. Is that where you're getting? Like, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm comfortable with the the risk of a what a meteor? Oh, there was a meteor here in Winnipeg. I don't know if anyone saw it this morning, but was is there a risk there around a meteor like striking right landing in my front yard? And, and I evaluate that risk and it doesn't seem like it's risky because it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So I don't worry about it. 
Like, is that what you're getting at or? Yeah. Yeah. So to me that, that is the beginning stages of right sizing, right? Is understanding that everything comes with a risk because I feel like we, a lot of the people I talk with and, and when I noticed myself being really risk averse, it was like, I could put certain things into a bucket and say, that's risky, right? That feels risky. Once I was able to put it in the bucket and say that felt risky, I could open that up and say, why is this risky? What am I afraid of actually happening? And being able to go through right that co those cognitive behavioral stages of, of truly unpacking the thoughts around why I think it's risky. Because as you said, very often, the things that we think are these big deals, once we unpack it, we, we see that the, the impact on us is not likely to hit us the way that we're being told or conditioned that it that it will. Yes. You know, we make, we actually, I don't know that we are actually risk averse because we actually do these little mini like risk evaluations every time we make a decision. And we make something like 65,000 decisions every day. And so we are actually reevaluating and evaluating risk all the time. And, and so, right. And yet when we get into these really big uncertain things, I think it just becomes like a, like a balloon and it, and it expands really, really quickly. And we see it as really, really big, but right. Like you said, is it really that big? What's the real impact? Uh, it's like risk, right? At the beginning of the word risk are what's the real thing? Like, what's the real impact? What's the reality check that we really need to be doing on ourselves to say, like, is this going to impact me? Is this really the thing that I need to decide? Um, and a decision not to move forward, right, still is a decision. Um, a decision not to take on the risk is a decision. A decision to put off the decision is a decision. Well, and I think it's right. You said decision and that decision is autonomous. We get to make those decisions based we on our, right. But yep. based on our experiences. And yet I, I, my sense is that things feel risky when we hear other people making decisions that are enhancing the risky feeling. Like I'm going to pull all my money out of the stock market, or I'm going to throw all my money in the stock market, or I'm going to sell my house, or I'm going to, you know, it's like these, these giant decisions that are being made because some expert somewhere said, boo. And it's like, oh, I have to follow what they say because this is really a risky time. Instead of, in your own experience, trusting that you know what's right for you. I know when I feel like I can trust my own thoughts and decisions based on my experience, it feels far less risky because I trust myself not to let myself down. Right. And I also believe that part of that trust is really about like understanding what you need, uh, mm -hmm. data. <laughs> what you need in order to to make that decision right in order to figure out like do you take on that risk 
Um, is it, is it okay? Or is it not okay? Like, where's the decision to be made? That's really what risk is, right? Where's the decision? And really investigating that, what that looks like for you, what is the information that you need to be able to incorporate that to make that decision. Um, but again, you're making it from a place of like information, right? You have the knowledge, you know what you need, and that you trust that you have what you need to make that choice. Well, yeah. and and for many of my clients and people in kind of my world, they're making decisions that are not only for themselves, right? When when you own a business, when you run a business, and you're making a decision that you need to um, reduce hours or um, lay people off or you know whatever those decisions are that impact other people's lives, those decisions do carry more weight, and so it's even in my opinion even more important that we're making informed decisions from our experience, not because we see the trends of people panicking and laying people off, right? It's like, yeah, you may have a couple of down quarters. That is the nature of business. Right. The only way you're guaranteed income in anything is if you are an employee and you have some contract that is non-negotiable, right? And even then things change, but in business, you're going to, yes, you're going to have the down times. And if this is a down time, how can you weather that? How can you make those decisions that are right for your company, for your organization? Because you can see what you need to do for your business. You're deciding that risk that you're willing to take. Again, going back to, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Your business isn't guaranteed tomorrow. Your job isn't guaranteed to you tomorrow. And I don't mean that from a nihilistic viewpoint. I mean that from, great, then what works today? And I, Louise, I know you and I have been having that conversation in a different context this week, but is it working today? Right. Um, yeah. You know, when you, when, when you can, I think, step back from that overwhelm, because that, that kicks in too, right? Totally. And, and, you know, as we... I'm, I'm just, you know, as we mature in, in our, in our lives, we start to look at things and process things differently. Like there's a lot of science that goes, brain science that goes in the right into like how we evaluate risk. We, like you said, our families, the, our responsibilities start to weigh differently than what they did when we were younger. What does that look like? But it, it's also about like how we actually process information in our brains that sometimes we get stuck between like what we've always done and then what makes sense today. And so we can, we often rely on, well, I'm, I have the label that I'm risk averse or I've, I've right. I haven't taken many risks in my, um, in my life up until now. And then here I am so that who, who am I to now start taking risks? And so sometimes that's also the, the part we need to wade through and to put that aside to say, right from today, let's evaluate and make a decision based on the facts um, of, of now and, and going forward, as opposed to right what I've always done um, or what I've been labeled as or what I should do. Um, we don't, we don't like the word should here. Um. <laughs> well, and, and so what I'm hearing so far is, is 
right-sizing our risk, right? Having the ability to right-size our risk. So far, we've identified, I think, two areas. One is how do we actually define risk, right? We had talked about are they those big things? How do we define it? What are we putting into that bucket? How do we then look at it, get the data points on it and, and understand what is risk to us in our experience individually? Then also understanding from our own purview, what our um, tolerances, and I know we haven't used that word yet, but it, like just because you've been told that you're risk averse or that you partake in risky behavior, that's somebody else's opinion that has now become your narrative. But what is your actual tolerance, right? What feels right for you and what's working for you? So there's the def definition of risk. And then I think what is the um, measurement by which you feel you can allow risk, right? So I think those are the first two things that I'm hearing in terms of right-sizing our risk. Yeah. And it's not like, like when you talk about tolerance, it's not like we're like, you pull out the actuarial tables and you, right? Like you figure that out and, right? And, and, and circle and that's where you are, right? It's really about understanding like your, right? How do you tolerance? Yeah. feel from the head down how do you feel about the risk yeah. um and because you can be all up here in your head and if you're not in alignment with what you really feel um is right for you then no decision you make is going to be in alignment you're it's it's not going to be the right i'm going to use right mm -hmm. um decision for you um and you haven't used all that information you haven't used all the data Right. to make a decision because you've ignored everything that happens from the, from the neck down. Yeah. And I mean, if you think of tolerance in the, in this idea of if you go to the gym, right, you have a certain level of exertion tolerance that you have, you can only work out so far and then you've exhausted your body. Um, yeah. So, right. It's the, you know, if, if, if we think about ourselves or our children, when we're, when we're studying, like our brains only have so much ability to, to bring in more information. How many hours can we sit on, you know, Zoom or streaming uh, app right high <laughs> um, during a day? That's how much tolerance we have. Right. So no, it's not the actuarial. It's not the, the, the way we think of risk tolerance, generally speaking. Um, but really this idea of how much can we tolerate? Right. How not, much not, right. I'm not knocking in, in insurance no. folks okay. out there, but... But yeah, so, so yeah. And then, you know, after we kind of, the next piece that I see to kind of right sizing your risk is, is really comes from like where I come from is how do we like solution forward? And so trying to find those options um, comes from that place of, you know, if risk is around a negative outcome or a, a negative impact, how do we take that information using our optimism? I'm going to coin the word optionism um, that we heard from uh, Malik um, a little while ago um, in our collective. But but yeah, it really, really understanding like, so what, how do I solution forward? What now that I'm here at this place, I know what my tolerance is. I know what it's going to feel like in my body. Now we get to use that and look at all of the places and all of the spaces, all of the options and not just the, the negative outcome, not just the pessimistic view. We're not going to 
we're not going to ignore that. That's part of our data, but then we're going to look at all of it. So it's kind of like that. I see it as really like, how do we solution forward um, from this place? Yeah. And in uh, kind of boiled in with that option, optionism uh, idea is um, it, there is no judgment, right? I'm going to go back to this idea of us giving meaning to time, us giving meaning to money, us giving meaning to risk, us giving meaning to whatever is happening in the world. We're by giving meaning to it, we're judging it, right? We're we're having I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but we're we're saying it's good or bad, right? It means something to us in terms of it's good or it's bad, instead of it just is. Right. If we were to level the playing field and say we are in a recession and it's just a fact, gas prices are going up. It's just a fact. There is historical levels of inflation around the world. It's just a fact. How is that? How can it, if it's just a fact, be different from skyrocketing out of control inflation? exorbitant gas, you know, gas prices that are gouging the consumer. A recession that is going to take down companies. That was one that I saw today as a headline on LinkedIn. It was, this recession is going to take down an unprecedented number of companies. Well, that's all judgy. <laughs> that just, if we just look at the facts, how we can, we can then weigh our options. Right. Right. From a place of non-judgment, mm -hmm. we can say, oh, okay, things are getting more expensive. This is more challenging for us. Just a fact. It is more challenging to make, you know, make ends meet. What needs to happen? How can we adjust or can we continue going? And when do we know we need to change things? And if we change them, how, how, what do we want to look at doing? So I, I love this as part of right-sizing. So we have the, the definition, what is risk to you in your own definition? We have um, what is our individual tolerance, right? Understanding where our gauge is on that. And then we have this idea of solution forward. Where, what are our options from a place of non-judgment? Yes. What's that next thing that we need? Uh I, I believe it's this keep uh, reevaluating, right? And so we make a decision based on what we know today to be true. And there's all kinds of information that comes at us. And so filtering what it is that you need and reevaluating, right? And checking in, like, this is how we build that trust within ourselves, the trust within the information that we're given. Like, we don't know, right? We're, we, we don't know about the future. Nobody does, right? These predictions, these things, like, like you said, right? The title on LinkedIn, that's going to bring down companies. What if it didn't, yeah. right? Or it brings down this, all of these companies and then twice as many rise again. Like, who knows what's going to happen? But as we move forward in our risk, in our evaluation, as we're right-sizing it, it's about taking the information and reevaluating it. Is it still true? 
right? Um, does it still make an impact to my decision? Because sometimes that changes too. And just because something is important today doesn't mean it's going to be important tomorrow to you. And so it's this idea of this reevaluation. I'm not talking about we're like we're not sitting here day after day analyzing our risk, right? And 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 spending hours and hours of time. We're talking about when you feel like you're not moving forward, when you feel like there's this big heavy thing in your way, when you hear yourself saying, "I can't make a move. It feels too risky." When you actually use the word risky today in a conversation, somebody said it's risky business. And I'm like, that's a chance for us to take a look at what it means to uh, to to have risk and to feel like you're risk in, in a risky place. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, yes, there is the actual actuarial way of looking at risk which is a you're constantly right mm -hmm. working your tables, whether or not you're a true actuary or otherwise you're working those tables. You're right. Doing the measurements. When I think of this place of reevaluation, it's coming from a place of reflection, right? These are things that in our lives, in our businesses, in our careers, I, I believe I can speak for both of us, Louise, that we believe should be baked in. And there's a word should. I know I heard it myself. <laughs> you can bake in to your regular practices, right? Whether that is a nightly reflection or a weekly or a monthly or a quarterly, whatever works for you and to whatever scale, right? So a nightly reflection at the end of a day is just kind of, you know, you can grade yourself and say, whoo, did that feel, how did that feel on this, on this risk scale? Did I feel like I stepped outside my comfort zone and I was okay? Cause I really want to grow that tolerance a little bit more on a quarterly basis going in and saying, you know, how, how am I doing with what I see happening in the world? Do I need to make any adjustments that would feel better? So these are these things that, that we would invite you to have baked into your regular practices. You can bring that, that risk reflection in as part of that conversation if this is something that, that you're facing is how do I deal with, with the feelings of uncertainty and a feeling like how, how do I deal with all the risk that's happening in the world right now? Because I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of this episode, there what we're hearing in the world right now is making us feel like there is more risk. There is no more, there is no more risk today than there was six months ago, than there was mid 2020. There are different types of risks. It's different types of uncertainty, but there is no more than there was before. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I think a component too is, you know, as as we kind of go through this this risk analysis, this risk mitigation, how to right size risk, and really leaning into what what I want more of, and how do I get more of that? Right, um, bringing more of that into my life, and what what am I going to risk for it? There's this real component I think that we kind of bump over sometimes, and that's really the the idea that this place of courage, right? It does take courage to and to do all of these things and i think that's really important right it takes courage to to look at risk a different way it takes courage to make a big decision 
it takes courage not to make a big decision. Um, and so like, I don't want to, I don't want to bump over that. Like what we're talking about is it, it, it's not, it's simple, right? Like I, I feel like where we've got to is simple doesn't mean it's easy. And so just taking a step back and, and saying like, you know, there's a, there's a real big courage component to this that takes, um, that takes some nurturing, I think, to really, to really be able to build that self-trust with yourself comes with a lot of, with a lot of courage um, around, around what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that I would put that under when you're, when you're identifying your tolerance, right. Is, is having that ability to understand where courage shows up for you and how it shows up for you and, and how you can cultivate it and nurture it and nourish it as you're comfortable with it. My level of, of cure, courage and tolerance is not the same as Louise's and it's not the same as anybody else's and it doesn't need to be. And you do need to define that for yourself and define where you want to grow, right? Because there may be people who are listening in who are like, ooh, I don't really want to become more courageous. That in and of itself feels scary and that's okay, right? Just recognize where you are. So it's that, again, going back kind of what we talked about, it's the definition of risk for you. It's that definition of tolerance, which I, I would include courage in with that, right? Because it's really understanding yourself. It's the solution forward from a place of non-judgment and the reevaluation through, through reflection so that we can get to that place and, and continue. And all of these elements, right? This is how we grow the ability to face risk in a way that feels more manageable and tolerable to us over time. So to me, that's how we right-size our risk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are your golden nuggets, my friend? Oh, golden nuggets. Um, I have never appreciated more the power of reflection um, in, uh, in my daily life. And just to hear it again, to say, right, like, again, here we are uh, talking about risk and evaluating risk, and yet and it comes up again, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so much power in learning and reflection um, that I know and I love hearing it again over and over because I, that to me just reinforces that, that I get to do that, um, in a, in a pretty regular way. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's my golden nugget. So thank you for bringing that up again. Um, because I, we just can't, I can't put enough, like how much power comes from the pause, right? There is power in the pause when you're reflecting. Um, so yeah, thank you. What about you, your golden nugget? I think throughout this conversation, and we both talked about it in, in a myriad of ways, is this idea really of autonomy and of, of self-directedness, this idea that we can step into this world that feels very uncertain and maybe unsafe, and yet actually decide for ourselves that that's not, that's not how we're going to respond to it doesn't mean that those things aren't happening, 
but autonomously, right? So in my self-directed nature, I can choose, I can be in that place of choice, in that place of optionism and choose the option that mm -hmm. says, it's just a fact. Mm -hmm. I don't have to respond the way that I see others or that I think I have to, mm -hmm. that I should. Yeah. So I, I, for me, that it was a, a major takeaway from our conversation today. Um, we would love to hear everybody else's golden nuggets. So please um, drop them into the comments or send us an email afterwards. I'm going to put our email address up there again. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you have questions, we would love to answer them. Um, this conversation was yet another um, conversation starter that started with somebody reaching out to us and saying, you know, what are your thoughts on? And so we decided to do a whole episode on it. Mm -hmm. um, next week, oh, before I jump into next week, you can also continue conversations like this with us um, over at the Your Kick-Ass Career Collective, which is a collective of, of amazing entrepreneurs and professionals who are coming together to talk about how to do work that fits work that looks different than we have experienced work looking and feeling before, right? It's really... It's, it's an amazing group of humans that, that are over in the collective, and we'd love to, to include you if that feels right to you as well. So head over to yourkickassacareer.com to, to join us in the collective or reach out if you're interested in talking to us about what that could mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, and please do send us your comments. Um, I know not everybody here is listening live or live um, and able to share live. So drop us a line and uh, let us know your thoughts and we really do appreciate that. And we will bring those um, little nuggets uh, to our time together uh, here. We will for sure. And we are going to, we're, we're starting to build our calendar of having guests on. So if you're interested in being a guest as well, um, if you want to talk about um, things around the world of work and your career, please drop us a note and let us know you're interested and we will reach out. Um, next week, we are going to, wait, I need to hide this so you can see it. Next week is <laughs> Remembrance Day in Canada. I don't have my U.S. calendar open, and I know it's a holiday there, too. Oh, is it? You I forgot your U.S. holiday? Veterans Day. I'm not, uh, I've been in Canada for 15 <laughs> months. I've lost track. Um, I do know that, um, yeah, so we, we have that going on. Um, please join us uh, on next Friday, November 11th. We are going to be talking about pausing and reflecting. And I know, Louise, that was a big part of what you, your takeaway was. It was also our first episode. We talked about the power of reflection. Um, I think it's a great time to, to talk about that. Um, we're in the throes of these last two months as well. And to give ourselves the, the permission to pause and reflect. Um, please join us live if you can. Um, we would love to have you here. Uh, and otherwise, we will catch you on replay. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you. See you later. Take care. Bye, Bye for now. now. <laughs>